He's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's the Mark K Show. Listen, like, share. Take two. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? Good morning. Hi. Uh, how are you? You know what? It may not be morning when you're watching this, so I should just say hello. How's it going? My name's Mark Kay, and we're going to try this again. We're, this is our second attempt, uh, and I feel like I feel like right now everything should be working okay. I'll tell you, it's been one of those days, as I was saying earlier, which nobody heard. This has been a crazy day. A crazy day. And if you watched my Instagram story, you know exactly why. And my day is only half over. I've already done oh so much today, and there is so much more to do. Who said that Fridays are easy day? You know what? A lot of people say, oh, Friday, dress down. You know, people phone it in on Fridays. Uh, there's there's a couple people, by the way, as I've noticed, there's a few jobs that just phone it in every single day. And uh, in the last 48, like 72 hours, it's actually become more and more evident that there are a ton of jobs out there, high-paying, powerful jobs that are easier than even this one. I thought forever that my job was the easiest job in the entire world. I thought that this job was the easiest job in the entire world. Probably, I realize now, it's only like top 10, top 20. It's like top 10, top 20. There are a ton of other jobs out there a lot easier, most of them in Washington. (laughs) A whole bunch of them in Hollywood and a handful of them uh, at UC Berkeley. Listen, before we get started, before we get into it, a couple things, a couple housekeeping uh, pieces of information. First of all, I'd like you to know that on Monday and Tuesday, I will be filling in for The Herman Cain on The Herman Cain Show. I will still uh, be doing this podcast at noon and this live broadcast at noon, but I will be filling in for uh, for Herman Cain on his nationally syndicated show this coming Monday and Tuesday. If you live in the Atlanta area or any of his other stations, it's going to be 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. That's right, Mark Mayfield. News nugget. <laughs> this is a news nugget for you. Now, this is all contingent, of course, on Atlanta uh, winning or losing the Super Bowl. If Atlanta wins the Super Bowl, I probably, I probably, I'll be honest with you, won't be on any of the stations because that's all anyone's going to be talking about, especially in Atlanta. But definitely make a note to uh, to listen to the radio if you can on those days. And then tune into this. This broadcast will happen no matter what. Uh, I will make sure of that. And we will podcast as well. Number two, if you haven't yet shared this broadcast, now that we got the sound fixed, now that we got everything underway, now that we've gotten through some of the the other aspects, please go ahead and uh, please go ahead and share this broadcast so that I can, uh, you know, help you. Hold on, my son's handing me a. Are there twelve boxes in every case? Oh yeah, look at this. My my, they're unloading the Girl Scout cookies that I went to get earlier today. Uh, yes, there are twelve boxes in every case, Bean. There you go. Tell mama. Thank you. Uh, what happened is uh, we sold a bunch of Girl Scout cookies. You may remember we talked about that. A lot of you went online and, and donated to the troops, which was just phenomenal of you. Thank you guys so much for doing that. And uh, thanks to the troops. My daughter sold like hundreds of boxes, not like Mike Rowe numbers. Mike Rowe's like, like little friend sold 15,000 boxes. He had this little friend's daughter. He read this big, cute article, and she I heard she sold like 15,000 boxes. Of course, he's got 5 million people following him on Facebook, and well, we're not there yet. But you guys were so generous, and she got like aprons and badges and whatnot. And so anyway, so today what happened was I was supposed to go and uh, pick up the cookies. And if you, if you watch my Instagram story, you can see all about it. I've never seen anything quite like this. What they do is they, they, they set up in a huge parking lot, and they have a different truck with different boxes of cookies in every line 
and you you pull up to one truck and one truck is like the dosi do truck and they know how many boxes you're supposed to get so they dump them in your car then they say go to the next truck and you go to the next truck and you pull up a big semi truck and that's the samoa's truck and all of a sudden dude goes how many and you look at the thing and it's like 16 boxes like 16 samoa and then these like hulking dudes pull these cookies off the pallet and they throw them in your car and then you go to the next truck and it's the it's the trefoils truck and then there's this s'mores truck and then finally the last truck check this out this is the thin mints truck this is all on my instagram story if you want to check it out but that is that's the back of my car these are all thin mints this dude unloaded like 42 pallets of thin mints and uh and that's kind of what we were doing today so now my wife and the kids are unloading all the boxes from the van into the house and i'm in here screaming at you fine people so that, that's kind of how my day's been going so far. But if you haven't yet already, please do share this broadcast. If you're listening to the podcast on iTunes or, or Google Play or wherever you're listening to it, you know what? And if you're enjoying it, tell a friend. Just say, hey, you should check this dude out because I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to like the kind of stuff uh, that he has to say. And we definitely want to build up the audience because the bigger the audience, the more support there is for the show, the more I can put into it, the better guests I can have. I can maybe get something nice to hang on the back wall so we're not just all, you're not just staring at my wood all day. Oh, that sounded, <laughs> that sounded, that sounded dirtier. That sounded dirty than I meant to do. All right, let's, let's, let's talk, shall we? Let's, let's get into the big things. There's only one real thing that I want to talk about today. And I want to talk about the easiest jobs in the entire world. You know, yesterday we talked, Donald Trump has one of the toughest jobs. I think we could all admit, because not only does he have to run the country, not only is he the leader of the free world, but he's got to put up with this constant protesting and berating, uh, the press making fun of him, the press ridiculing him, everybody second guessing him, you know, everyone in, in, not only in in the opposition party, but in his party, just railing on him constantly, trying to make sure his agenda items uh, don't get through. And then on top of that, he's getting into arguments with uh, the prime minister of Australia. Danger, danger, danger. Still gonna, I'm still going to keep playing that clip, by the way, because, again, it's totes my fave. Uh, so I would say, you know, Donald Trump has one of the, the worst and most, uh, most uh, demanding jobs in the entire world. But I've learned over the last couple of days that there are some really easy jobs. And if my job weren't so easy or if I came back in another life, there are some things that I might want to do differently. For example, one of the jobs I think seems to be really, really easy is police officer at the University of California in Berkeley. And let me tell you why. Because the other day, the uh, California of, uh, University of California Berkeley Young Republicans Club, or College Republicans, I think they're called, they invited Milo Yiannopoulos from Breitbart News to come and speak. And Milo Yiannopoulos says some very uh, inflammatory things. And before the speech even went on, riots ensued and protesters uh, gathered and they started doing what they do best, which is breaking things, burning things, attacking people and creating mass hysteria and chaos where none existed prior. Uh, Here's a little snippet of kind of what went down. Uh, So there you go. There's the mayhem that we were talking about before. You can see there's a girl. In fact, here, let me just let me turn the volume down. I'm going to play that again for you so you can we can kind of talk about what's going on. There's a there's this girl just got pepper sprayed. You'll so this guy's trying to save her. There she is getting pepper sprayed. There's people just looting. And over here, they threw fences and they just lit a huge fire in the middle of the street, which nobody apparently uh, cared about, uh, nor did they even try, nor did they even try to, you know, 
to put out at any point. And so this morning, after I'd heard all the stories and I'd watched all the video and I was I heard Milo talking about it and I went on social media and I we were getting all these firsthand reports. Again, I was listening to a snippet of Sean Hannity yesterday where he talked to one of the uh, college Republicans who was in charge of the event and he was talking about how the university was uh, still charging them for security, even though, I'll be honest with you, didn't look like there was any gosh darn security there to me. Uh, but so then I thought today, I said, well, surely, surely at Berkeley, they've arrested these individuals who have lit fire to the campus and destroyed public property and attacked people with pepper spray and clubs and just for no other reason than because they were wearing red hats. I mean, this one girl, look at this again. Look at this girl again. She's just standing here. This girl right here, she was doing an interview. And as soon as the interview was over, look, bam, they just pelted her with pepper spray which I don't know if you've ever been pepper sprayed, but I have. It was not for anything. I wasn't you know, attacking anybody. It was just a, uh, we were doing a radio stunt and we actually pepper sprayed the guy next to me. But that stuff is so potent that even if, if you're within five feet of someone getting pepper sprayed, your whole face burns and your mouth burns and it's a horrible experience. And you know, I was just happy that I wasn't the guy getting pepper sprayed, but being you know, just the re- residual spray, it's an awful Awful experience. Where was I? Oh yeah. So then I woke up this morning and I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do some investigating. I'm gonna see what the repercussions are. I'm gonna see who they brought to justice. I'm gonna make sure that over there at UC Berkeley, these things don't go unchecked. That, the, that these protesters who start off supposedly as peaceful or want to just spread their message of peace and hope, uh, you know, I want to make sure that they're they're held accountable for. So I googled uh, the latest, and here's what I found out. With all of the fires and all of the looting and all of the yelling and screaming and attacking and all of the pepper spraying, with all of the fireworks that were being shot, like high-tech fireworks being shot into crowds of people by protesters, with all of that going on, I was a little shocked and dismayed to find out this morning that a grand total of one person, where's the picture? Hold on, I have the picture right here. The A grand total of, where is it? Here we go. Where, okay, now it should be there. One person, one suspect arrested in connection with Milo Yiannopoulos' protests at UC Berkeley. Look at all these people. All these people in the street. Look at all. Look at these people running. Watch this again. Here it is again. Watch these people running. Look at it with a the hammer. There's a person with a bat and a flag and this guy in the hoodie. And here's the pepper spray dude. And then there's whoever lit the fire and these people over here who threw these barricades. Clearly, this is not the work of one person. This is clearly not the work of one individual. However, the police at the University of California, Berkeley so far, have arrested a grand total of one individual. So that got me thinking, man, that's a cush job. That's a cush job. If you're a a police officer at the University of California, Berkeley, or maybe it's not even a police officer, maybe it's like the public safety officer at the school, the ones that the uh, Republican uh, college Republicans had to pay for. Maybe you just sit back and go, I ain't doing nothing about that. We ain't going to arrest somebody. They're like 20,000. They arrested more people in Washington, D.C. during the inauguration for breaking one Starbucks window. I watched it. They like lined them up. The cops formed a barrier around them and they just started throwing the cuffs on the people. One arrest, one suspect. That is, that, how does that even happen? There's got to be some kind of investigation into law enforcement at UC Berkeley, if there is any. Because to me, that seems like, I mean, that just seems like the kind of scenario where you could have multiple, multiple arrests. I mean, I was at the NFC Championship game. One guy ran onto the field, one guy, and four security guards bombarded him, 
threw him on the ground, handcuffed him, each picked him up by a different limb. They carried him off the field and threw him back down on the uh, on the uh, on the little tractor and drove him off to prison. It just seems to me that at the University of California, Berkeley, a college town, you would have more security. But maybe they just don't care. Or maybe it happens so often that they're like, you know what? Screw it. We're just not going to we're just we're just not going to do anything about it. So that's a pretty easy job to me. If you're looking for an easy gig, try being a police officer or investigator uh, at the University of California, Berkeley, because, again, after all that mayhem, one person arrested. Now, another easy job today. I just thought about this before the show. Another really easy job would be Milo Yiannopoulos's PR agent. That's a horrible picture of him, by the way. <laughs> that's the last, that's the only one I could get on. I don't know why he's dressed like a like a. I guess it's not a clown. That would be a uh, Harlequin, maybe. I guess. Anyway, Milo Yiannopoulos. If you didn't know who he was before yesterday, you sure as heck know who he is today. And the, his PR agent, man, she doesn't have to do anything. He's in every newspaper. He's been on every TV show. Everybody's tweeting about him and writing about him and Facebook and there's videos and YouTube. And Milo Yiannopoulos is one of the most famous person, persons, people in the entire world. And he didn't even have to give the speech. I'll tell you what, not giving that speech at the University of California, Berkeley, is the best thing he ever did for his career. He hasn't been this famous since he got banned from Twitter. If you don't know, Milo Yiannopoulos is a uh, writer for Breitbart. He's actually, I believe, the editor of the technology or or internet web. Anyway, he's a big he's a big wig at Breitbart, which number one is a reason that people uh, hate him, even though they know nothing about him. Couple of other things about Milo that if you really were a liberal protester who was who was concerned about things, you if you if you investigated Milo Yiannopoulos a little bit more, you might actually decide that you like the guy. And that he has the same rights as others. First of all, he's a foreigner. He's British. He's not even from the United States. He immigrated here. And man, don't we just know how much the liberals love to protect the rights of immigrants? So right off the bat, it would seem like Milo Yiannopoulos, just for being an immigrant, just for being from another country, they, you would think he would be welcome. They would roll out the red carpet for him. They would bring him in. They would give him like, I don't know, free health care and free education. And if the cops ever stopped them, they wouldn't be able to ask his nationality, all that stuff. I mean, it's Berkeley. I believe it's a sanctuary city. Why is he not protected under as the same rights of all the other immigrants in Berkeley, California? They hate him that much. I don't even know if they knew he was an immigrant. That's number one. Number two, he's gay openly, like one of the gayest people in the entire world. He embraces it. He hosted gay parties at the RNC and the DNC and everywhere else he goes. He talks about his boyfriend kind of explicitly at times. You know, it may be a little too much for people. But again, that is a call. I mean, he is, he is exercising his right to be whatever sexual preference he wants and, you know, uh, and what you, convention be damned and, and your religious beliefs be damned. I'm, this is who I am. And he, t- in fact, I'm not going to tell you the name of his tour, but it clearly states in the tour the dangerous this this derogatory term for a gay person tour that he is that way and so you think that the liberal the liberals in at uc berkeley of all places wouldn't they be honored to have an immigrant homosexual come to their campus and speak you would think so you would think so on top of that he he says pretty crazy and uh and and not derogatory but i mean i guess some people would say that i would say inflammatory things he has very radical beliefs and these people who are pepper spraying and lighting fires and shooting fireworks and hitting strangers with flags i would feel like they also share radical beliefs in fact milo yiannopoulos 
probably has more in common with these crazy people at Berkeley who are yelling and running and screaming and burning things than they do with, than he does with the college Republicans who invited him there in the first place. But it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is the college Republicans invited him. He's a conservative. He works for Breitbart. So being an immigrant, being a radical, being a rebel, being a homosexual, none of those things matter anymore. None of those things matter anymore because being a Republican just trumps it all. Pun totally intended. So that's another easy job. Milo uh, Yiannopoulos' PR agent today. Here's another really easy job. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of liberals, Senate Democrat. Let's talk about how easy it is to be a Senate Democrat. And by the way, if you're just jumping in here, uh, first of all, welcome. We're glad you're here. Please share this broadcast however you're consuming it. If you're on the Facebook page, uh, hit share right now. Hit like. Go ahead and leave a comment. Let's get, the, let's get the conversation going, and let's spread this to as many people as we possibly can so that we can get the conversation as big as possible and we can get as many people uh, to, en- to enjoy this on a daily basis as possible. If you're listening to the podcast, I'd love for you to share that too. Tell somebody about it. Maybe post it on Twitter. Say, hey, I just listened to this really cool podcast. Even if you don't think it's really cool, lie and tell people that you do because your friends will believe you no matter what they say because you're just that great a person. Anyway, let's get, we're talking about, uh, by the way, the easiest jobs in the world. Senate Democrat. There's another one. The Senate Democrats have not shown up for work all week, all week. This is Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer. Now, you may remember we talked earlier in the week. There were a couple of uh, the president's cabinet members that needed to be confirmed. Jeff Sessions was one. Uh, The dude from Health and Human Services was another. They're still working on DeVos for education. And what happened was they, they did the debate. They were ready to take a vote. The Democrats didn't show up. And you would think, well, great. They just vote, vote them in. But no, there was a rule. Somebody made a rule that you had to have members of both parties present. And the Democrats, knowing they would lose and knowing that there was no way to, uh, con- to not confirm Jeff Sessions, knowing that the inevitable was going to happen, that Trump was going to get more of his cabinet in place and that would help him do more of his evil deeds even faster. They couldn't let that happen. So what they did was they just decided, hey, you know what? The rules say you got to have some Democrats there. If none of us show up, they can't vote. Genius. And that's what they did. They all, they all took a sick day. They all took a, a PTO day. They all called in. Uh, they all called in Democrat that day and said, we're not going to come. So after the second day, Orrin Hatch and everybody else got together, Mitch McConnell and said, you know what? If they're not going to show up, we're going to have to change the rules. They forced our hand. They changed the rules. And now the Democrats uh, don't have to show up for work. The Republicans can just confirm people, which is what they did. That happened two days this week. Yesterday, day three of not working, Chuck Schumer was supposed to meet with Neil Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch, we all know, is Donald Trump's choice uh, to take Antonin Scalia's place on the Supreme Court, his very first Supreme Court nominee. We all met him the other day, lovely press conference, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. Guy seems great, seems willing and happy and eager to work with people. Uh, He was supposed to meet with Chuck Schumer and some of the other Senate Democrats, and what they decided to do was not show up because <laughs> apparently that's what they do best these days. That's what they do best, man. They're like, they should be cops at Berkeley because the Democrats, the best thing they do these days is not show up when they're needed. And they decided to, to cancel the meeting. Chuck Schumer made some lame. Get the, see if you explain, see, explain this one to me. Chuck Schumer said that he canceled the meeting because he wanted to investigate Gorsuch's record a little bit more. I mean, what, what better way to investigate someone's record than to meet with them and say, hey, 
Tell me about your record. Tell me why you voted this way. Tell me a, a time that you voted against your conscience. Why don't we sit down and talk? Isn't there any, is there any better way to get to know a Supreme Court justice who, let's face it, you're never going to agree with anyway, than there is to just sit down and talk with him? No, they just canceled the meeting. Schumer, again, the Democrats decided not to show up. So clearly, if you're a person who doesn't like to put forth a lot of effort, if you're a person who likes to work whenever you want, take lots of vacation days, it doesn't matter if you clock in or you clock out. It's, you know what? You work from home if you want to, or just don't work at all. We're going to pay you no matter what, and we're going to give you a six-year contract. That sounds great. That sounds great. You know, I used to think that my whole life, I was like, well, clearly I want to be a Republican. I don't know so much anymore. I may, I may want to run as a Senate Democrat because they've got the cush job and they've got it easier than anyone. Talk show host, smock show host, podcast schmodcast. I would much rather get paid to not do anything. I'm doing something right now and I'm not getting paid for it. Senate Democrat, they've got it made. They have figured this stuff out. I, you know, my hat's off to them. If I had a hat here, let me get a hat. My hat's off to the Senate Democrats because they've got this whole thing figured out. They, they've really, they know how to work the system. Oh, wait, hold on. So that's another, my hat really is off to the Senate, Senate Democrats. So that's another really easy cush job. Another easy job. Matthew McConaughey's barber. Check this dude out, man. This is Matthew McConaughey. He just gave an interview to a British television show. Look at the, look at the beardage going on. The hair we always knew, but look at this beard. Clearly, whoever's in charge of shaving Matthew McConaughey, he's taken off more time than the Senate Democrats these days. That is just that is just that is just bizarre. I don't know, maybe it must be for a film role. He must be playing some kind of, I don't know, pirate or 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 you know, maybe just uh, some hipster. Something's going on because typically he's a nice, clean shaven guy. I've met the guy a couple times. Uh, very lovely guy, very nice, very personable, and very fair. In fact, Matthew McConaughey, one of his biggest faults is that he's nice and he's fair and he's intelligent. I guess that's three, three of his biggest faults. But he said something in this interview that I'm going to play for you, which, I mean, I always liked Matthew McConaughey, but I like him even more. Listen to this. So they asked him, of course, about Donald Trump, because when you're when you're a reporter and you meet someone from Hollywood, you're going to talk about their movie and their projects and their love life. And then, of course, you're going to ask them about their politics because that's the only thing because they know or they assume you're just it's going to be another great soundbite about a famous person railing on Donald Trump. Here is what Matthew McConaughey said. It's time for us to embrace, shake hands with this fact and be constructive with him over the next four years. So, so anyone, even the, those who most strongly may disagree with his principles or, or things he's said and done, no matter how much you even disagreed along the way, it's time to think about how constructive can you be because he's our president for the next four years at least. There you go. He's our president. Yeah, I mean, he won. He's basically telling, here's what Matthew McConaughey just did. He told everyone in Hollywood, you've got to shake hands with the fact that Donald Trump is our president, which by the way, is such a Matthew McConaughey thing to say, isn't it? Isn't it? He doesn't say deal with it, come to grips with it, get over it. That would be the simple non-McConaughey-ish way of talking. But he's Matthew McConaughey. He's the coolest guy ever. He's the coolest guy in the room. He's going to take a phrase and he's going to make it even better. 
he's going to make it cooler than anything you ever thought to say in your life. So instead of saying, you've got to deal with the fact, you've got to get over it. The fact of the matter is, the facts are, he says, man, we just, you got to shake hands with the fact that he's going to be our president for at least four years. Shake hands with the fact. That that makes me like Matthew McConaughey so much more because I know deep down this guy, he wants the whole country to get along. And he thinks thinks that his cohorts in Hollywood and the press and the media and the internet, he thinks they're all ridiculous. He thinks that they're crazy, but he's he's too Matthew McConaughey-ish to say, man, y'all lost your minds. Y'all's crazy. He's too nice to say that. He's never going to do it. He's probably one of the most politically adept people in Hollywood. And instead of saying, hey, you lost your minds, get over it, freaks. He says, hey, shake hands with the fact that Donald Trump's your president. Oh, oh, all right, all right, all right. This hurts really bad. I don't know how he did that scene, by the way, but maybe he didn't hit himself as hard as, hard as I'm hitting myself right now. So Matthew McConaughey, I mean, again, one of the most liked, well, you know what? He was one of the most liked people in Hollywood, but this morning he's probably he's probably not as he's probably losing a couple friends. He's probably you know what he's probably uh, he's probably calling up like Mel Gibson and uh, and uh, and who else is out there? He's probably calling up Chuck Norris and he's like, hey, you guys want to get some lunch, man? No one's returning my phone calls. <laughs> Scott Bayo right now is freaking out because Matthew McConaughey's texting him, going, "What's up, Bayo? You want to go get some coffee?" Because, I mean, who is he going to hang out with in Hollywood now that he's made this statement? I think, I think though, if anyone can bring Hollywood under the umbrella of Donald Trump, or at least bring the two sides together, it's Matthew frickin' McConaughey. I mean, look at the dude. There's nobody in the world that doesn't like Matthew McConaughey. Well, except maybe his PR agent, because she may be having the toughest job in Hollywood. You were talking about the easiest jobs in the world. Her job may be the most difficult this morning because now she's fielding calls from everybody in Hollywood, every major studio, every director going, um, what did Matthew say about Donald Trump? Do you understand that we gave $40 million to the Hillary Clinton campaign? We cannot have him out there saying that now we have to go shake hands with the governor. Uh, sorry, shake hands with the president. That sounds dirty, that whole phrase. So I'm not going to use it. All right. A uh, couple more, and then we're going to wrap this up. By the way, thanks again for being here. Oh, I should let's take a let's take a quick break for one second uh, because I want to tell you again about the uh, wild tea. I you know what we kicked off this easiest jobs in the world conversation by talking about who has the toughest job in the world and it's clearly Donald Trump but he is working it he is wild he is W I L D wild working it like Donald and the fact of the matter is he's not the only one there's a lot of us out there there's you there's me we wake up we wake up every day and we say man you know what I got these wild ideas. I've got these wild dreams that I'm going to work for. I want to get up every day and I want to make the world a better place. Or I want to, you know, talk to a camera every day and see if anyone listens and talks back. Uh, you know, I want to, I want to go out there and build a company for my family or travel the world. Whatever your dreams are, there's a bunch of us out there like Donald Trump who make bold statements and then work our butts off to make sure that they become realities. And we are wild and we should celebrate with a t-shirt made just for people like us, just for people who are working it like Donald. W-I-L-D, limited edition T. The uh, link is in the description. Tons of people have already purchased these, by the way. Mine's on the way. I got an email the other day from Teespring. Uh, It's on the way. So if you want one, click on the link in the description of this video. Get one for yourself. There's a ton of different colors and there's... um, 
They make great gift ideas, too. If you know someone who's working at like Donald, surprise them with a T-shirt, and they're going to love it. Okay, speaking of clothing, here's another really easy job. Uh, This is not political at all, not politically motivated. This is just something I noticed. One of the easiest jobs in the world has to be, without question, no doubt in my mind, littlest amount of work possible, and that has to be uh, Beyonce's wardrobe consultant. (laughs) Because, because I don't, I don't know what is, what, <laughs> this is <laughs> Beyonce. I love this photo, by the way. No, I'm just laughing because uh, it's funny to me that uh, Beyonce, by the way, is pregnant with twins. Congratulations. That's always, that's always, you know, despite what you may think of her politics, that's always nice. She has one daughter, a blue, and now she's having twins. I think it would be great if she named the twins red and white. So then he would have, you know red, white, and blue. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen though. But anyway, so she, she released like 42 photos of her pregnant with twins. And in all, this is the most she's wearing in any of them. And I'm thinking to myself, I, I guarantee somebody was paid a lot of money, the union minimum to, to be Beyonce's wardrobe consultant. And she's basically wearing a bra, which let's face it, she probably wore to the set and then a piece of fabric. And this photo, I mean, this photo... <laughs> This photo is everywhere. So if you're looking for an easy job, Beyonce's wardrobe consultant for her pregnancy photos, uh, because, you know, I mean, I guarantee there's going to be, why stop at 42? There's, there's going to be probably a lot, a lot more of them. So that's something we can look forward to. And then finally, uh, one of the easiest jobs today is, is the United States ambassador to China. Now this may surprise a lot of people that I'm saying this, and I know what you're thinking, China, Donald Trump has attacked China repeatedly. We have, we have trade issues with China. Donald Trump has said that China is killing us on trade. China is one of the biggest threats, not just to our economy, to, but to our, our safety. In fact, the last country we want to get into a war with is China because they have a huge army. Also, they're communists. China, got to, being the U.S. ambassador to China, that's got to be one of the most difficult jobs in the entire world. It was until yesterday because one of the Trump clan well, I probably shouldn't use the word clan when I talk about the Trumps. One of the Trump family members did something and reached out an olive branch to China and China grasped it. They accepted it with open arms and they are, they are thrilled. And in fact, this member of the Trump family is now a megastar in China. It's not Donald. It's not uh, Ivanka. It's not uh, Melania. It's not Ron Jr. It's not any of them. It is What's her name? Ivanka's daughter, Ivanka Jr. No, uh, Arabella, Arabella Trump, or I guess what's his last name? Uh, her husband, whatever, uh, young Ara- She just goes by one name. Anyway, Arabella went to the Chinese embassy or learned a song at the Chinese. Anyway, they were at the Chinese embassy. She got this puppet and she sang a song in Chinese. Listen to this. So, so cute, right? So cute. Well, that song of Donald Trump's granddaughter playing with the Chinese dragon puppet and singing that Chinese folk song, which by the way, turns out is, oh my darling, oh my darling, oh my darling, Clementine. I had no idea. 
I had no idea Clementine was such a huge hit in China. But that video clip has gone viral in China. It's all over the Chinese internet. They love it. They can't watch enough of it. They think it's they think it's the bee's knees. Which I don't think bees have knees, but whatever. They think it's the best thing since sliced bread. And and now Donald Trump's granddaughter is a she is a star, a viral sensation in China because she sang Oh my darling Clementine in perfect manner in Chinese. <laughs> And that clip has gone viral. And now the Chinese people are thinking, wow, you know what? These Trumps, they're not so bad. They have cute kids who take the time to, uh, to, uh, to you know, play with our puppets and whatnot. And it's very exciting. So here you have Donald Trump once again reaching out to other countries. And despite what you may hear in the news, despite what you may hear about Donald Trump's personal phone conversations or his meetings that are in secret with world leaders or what other world leaders are saying in public, despite what, what the uh, Australian prime minister may say. Whew. Danger, danger, danger. Trump and his family are making a positive change. They are making America great again. And they are getting wild. They are working it like Donald. We need to send Arabella uh, working it like Donald t-shirt. We need to find out what her size is. Maybe get her like a nice, uh, a nice, uh, what do you call it? Like um, bedazzled. I bet she's in, I bet they're all, that family looks like they're into like rhinestones and maybe a gold one or something. Anyway, uh, I'm Mark. Hey, listen, don't forget very, have a great weekend. Go Super Bowl team that you're rooting for. I don't care who wins. So whichever one you're excited about, I hope that they are victorious. And then don't forget that on Monday of this week, Monday of this week, I will be filling in uh, Monday and Tuesday for Herman Cain on the Herman Cain show. So if you're one of the Herman Cain market affiliate type people and you can listen on the radio, definitely tune in. I will do this again Monday at noon um, also. So busy day Monday. But thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to get your t-shirt. Don't forget to to download the podcast on iTunes, especially if you like this episode. And most importantly, the the best thing you can do, the way you can really say thank you uh, for doing what you do is sharing it with somebody else so that we can, like I said, continue to grow this audience and this show. Have a great weekend, everybody. I love you. I'll see you Monday.